homeschool friends and welcome to this episode of the homeschool high school podcast from seven sisters homeschool.com brought to you by the ultimate homeschool radio network i'm sabrina justison sitting here with vicky tillman and kim smythe and we are looking forward to discussing all things homeschool high school indeed so today we are going to just say it out loud and we're not going to sugarcoat it some pieces of homeschooling high school are simply nitty and gritty and they must be done and they're not warm and fluffy. And that's what we're dealing with on today's episode. So we're going to be very serious today. Oh my. Yeah, we're, can we do that? Wait, um, <laughs> no, probably okay. not. Because we're laughing going, already. Already going into the trash. Yeah. Right <laughs> so squirrels are going right past the window here. <laughs> but we will give you the nitty gritty. So by the end of this podcast, it'll be it'll be quick and dirty and tell you exactly what you need to know. All right. It'll be gritty and dirty by the end gritty. of this. There you go. <laughs> You'll need to shower after today's podcast. Okay. You have been warned. Okay. So, yeah, and actually some people love this kind of nitty gritty. I, I, quite honestly, I... You do. ...really like it a lot. <laughs> I love today. We're going to talk about planning. Four-year plan, one-year plans, setting goals to structure your homeschool high school. Let's and do it. I, I get I get all kinds of silly joy out of putting all this stuff on paper and making little charts and things and and a lot of people really hate it and really don't like it. So whichever camp you fall into, today's podcast is going to be very practical, and we hope that it's going to give you tools that you need because whether you like to plan and strategize or not, you gotta do it or homeschooling high school is not going to end well for you, right? Just like Yogi Berra said. What did, what he, did say? he say? He said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. <laughs> oh, Yogi Berra was a wise dude. So true. So true. And and it is very, very important to have those, those end goals in mind. So let's talk about that sort of first. How do you figure out where you want to go? I mean, yeah, you want to get to high school graduation, but that's way too vague. That doesn't mean anything. So... First, um, if you're looking at the very end goal, how do you define that? How do you articulate it? So, you know, it's a wise idea to sit down prayerfully a little bit before kids start high school and just say, what would I like my kids to have experienced and what they would look like character-wise and Mm. education-wise when they get that cap and gown on? Mm-hmm. So you imagine graduation day, what do I want my kids to have learned and experienced and become? That is actually a very, very powerfully formative thing to consider. Because it, in some families, for some kids, one of the biggest things would be um, an attitude of service. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's the case, then through those four years, as you're setting your one-year mm-hmm. goals each year, you had better really look at that calendar with service in mind because service hours will not just magically appear. You know, right. high school is busy. It's yeah. a busy time of life. And if you have a kid who is um, gifted athletically, those mm. things are going to take a lot of time. And if part of your desire for them when they put on that cap and gown is to know that they participated in all state events and that they were, you know, scouted um, by, by college recruiters, that, that's... That's got to all be in there. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. you start with what kind of person do I expect to see when my teen puts on that cap and gown? Indeed. Mm -hmm. Really, really wise info. And maybe we just qualify it a little bit by saying that's why the prayer is so important because 
Our teens are not lumps of Play-Doh that we get to shape into what we think they should look like. You mean we can't control the outcome? Uh, Imagine that. Imagine that. Wow. I know that most of us started homeschooling so that we could indeed shape perfect children into Mm -hmm. perfect adults. Right. Who never had any problems. Never. No Mm -hmm. stresses. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast on that. Yeah. How to create perfect children who become perfect adults there with no go. problems. There I, you go. You, yeah. would, you would all listen, wouldn't you? And that podcast, well, it will be like a microsecond long. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it will consist of one word. The word will be not. <laughs> but we can okay, so, know yes. that God built into all of our kids talents and plans and, you know, Passions. dreams. Yeah. yeah. And so if we know our kids and we know God and we know ourselves, what we can handle Mm -hmm. and the rest of the family and everything, Mm -hmm. then it kind of helps us to sculpt a a long-term goal Mm -hmm. for our kids in their various areas. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first thing in setting four-year goals is to really look at the end of that four years and who you hope to see standing in front of you wearing a cap and gown. And you do that with a lot of prayer and you make some notes and you talk with your teen about these things. And then you've got some long-term goals in place and now you need short-term goals. Mm-hmm. And with high school, we think of those as one year at a time, right? Right. I mean, one day at a time is the reality for everyone. And for most of us, one hour at a time is we're doing real <laughs> good. A but a lot of times like that. <laughs> yes. But yes, as far as the planning part on paper, one year at a time. So you got your freshman, your sophomore, your junior, and your senior years. Um, what do you need to figure out for each year? So, well, some things are really easy because they're concrete. They build on each other like math. So our kids have to have pre-algebra before they can do algebra. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids will do pre-algebra in eighth grade, but they're different kids, and it's right for them to do things according to what their abilities are. So some kids are already in geometry by the time they hit ninth grade, and it's right to be where they are. Mm-hmm. So, so, but they have to have their algebra, and they have to have algebra two, and they have to have geometry, and it would be wise, don't you think, to have consumer math? Oh, <laughs> oh my yes! Actually, it would be even wiser to have financial <clears throat> literacy, which is a whole lot more oh, than wow. the state required consumer math. Yeah. So, more than just can you balance your checkbook, but mm-hmm. what would financial literacy include? Financial literacy is going to give them a whole understanding of why money is so powerful in our lives, why it is important to understand how it works in society as a whole, but also within an individual home's um, structure, within a family, within an individual's life, whatever, and then have the tools to make wise choices and to understand the consequences of choices, because everything to do with finances involves choice Choices and consequences for those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, we, we, in our older kids, when they were going through high school, and I think it was just universal in education, they were so concentrated on, we got to get through pre-calc and hopefully calc, like everybody Mm -hmm. had to do that. There was no time for that kind of practical, like who needs practical math that's not going to get you into college. And so we used to think of consumer math as being for the kids who were not college bound, who were not very academic and who couldn't handle the important math that that the the more academic kids were doing. Mm. And then they're 30 years old and suddenly, wow, having had a really strong financial literacy course in high school, 
perhaps would have served them very, very well. And that's yeah, a nationwide. I'm, I'm raising my <laughs> hand as an example here. <laughs> yeah, we had 2008 where there was the, the, the great recession there mm-hmm. and because nobody knew how to manage money and were over-budgeted. And, you know, it was a mess. Yeah. So all of a sudden, states started requiring at least consumer math. And then the kids who are really savvy and wanting to have life skills were doing the financial literacy. So some kids, that will be their senior year math. But some kids that are going into maths and sciences or a college that requires it will do at least pre-calc and maybe calc. And so you might even do like a financial literacy or consumer math as sort of an add-on that you could even do a little bit of each year if you're doing a lot of other heavy math for a science and and math kind of major. there's not one right way to do financial literacy. (laughs) Alrighty. (laughs) So it could be an elective for those kids. There you go. So it could be like a Dave Ramsey. It could be like our very own shameless plug. Sarah Hayes did a beautiful financial literacy course that we have. Yes, financial literacy from a Christian perspective. You can find it in the e-bookstore at sevensistershomeschool.com. It is a super popular download from our um, library of curriculum. And one of the things that I think is wonderful about it is it says there's not one right way to manage your money. So it's not a formula. It is an attempt to give young adults an understanding of the choices they're making and the likely consequences for those choices. And it says again and again, uh, we're not saying don't ever do this. We're saying understand that if you choose to sign on this particular type of dotted line, here's what you'll be looking at for the next however many years. You know, it's a critical thing. Understand it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. understand it. Yeah. So math is a is a subject that one builds on the other. So okay. Now question though. Yeah. It never made sense to me. Oh yeah that Algebra 2 does not follow Algebra 1 for many people, that many people do Algebra 1 and then Geometry. I mean, when I was in high school, that was what the public schools did with me. Algebra Mm -hmm. 1, then Algebra 2, and then Geometry, for which I needed a tutor, but we won't go there. So why break it up? Why not do Algebra 1 and then Algebra 2? All right, so Kim, you found out the mystery to that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we had conversations because it has to do with standardized testing, right? Right. If if your child is college-bound and you're going to take an SAT or an ACT or whatever... My recollection is you don't need an algebra two for those tests, but there will be some geometry and there will be some algebra. So depending on what your goals are and where you're going to go, because there's not one right way to do that either. <laughs> so if you're one of those kids who went ahead and did pre-algebra or even algebra one in eighth grade, mm-hmm. you got no worries because by the time you take standardized testing, you're, you're uh, by the time you take SATs or ACTs, you're in your junior year. Mm-hmm. But if you are someone who doesn't begin the algebra until ninth grade then you've got to make that decision. What do I need more in 10th grade? So 10th grade is kind of the pivotal year where you need to decide, do I need geometry now or do I want to go on and do algebra two? Yeah, and and even the kids who do a, a this seems more sensible, algebra one, algebra two, geometry, if they do a prep course for the SATs, they're going to be fine. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, those tests, you kind of need the prep courses to be competitive anymore. Yeah, yeah, but and the, that's another podcast that we should have someday. I know, yeah, yeah. And, and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network has some uh, podcasts oh, right. yes. on that. Absolutely. But Khan Academy's on YouTube for free, mm-hmm. and it's it's linked in to College Board and the preparation mm-hmm. for that. Not mm-hmm. that we're affiliates or anything, because we're not. We're that's not. right. 
But hey, but good resources should you. be shared from one homeschooler to another. Indeed. You betcha. Okay, one more question about math. What about people who are using an integrated math curriculum? Then that one just flows because the geometry is integrated in, trig is integrated in, you know, the pre-calc kind of things. So the kids are getting things in increments all the way through. So you just do math one, math two, math three, math four. Okay, good. All right, so we've got math covered for the four years, one year at a time, science. So science, the kids cannot do chemistry or physics unless they're at a math level, like have at least algebra under their belt. And for physics, a lot of the curriculum, mm -hmm. a rigorous curriculum, you'll need at least a pre-calc mm -hmm. along with it or ahead of it because um, that's just the way it, it is. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to take those courses when you're doing the math. So, so but they will need four sciences for a lot of states and a lot of the rigorous colleges. So ninth grade will often be a kind of an elective science, so a general science or an earth science or, you know, an, an interest. Physical. Yeah, Just physical science. Physical science, yeah. yeah. And uh, some of my kids did their social science. So we pulled, we had mm. enough social studies elective, so we did psychology and human development both and yes. counted that as their ninth grade science. Yeah, mm. so those social sciences can get plugged in on the transcript as a social studies, as a science, science. Yeah. as an elective. They're, they're, they're very flexible because it's a social science mm -hmm. so it can go in either places the best thing to do with things like that is look at the college that you like best you know kind of take some guesses ahead of time I really would like my kid to go to Harvard well Harvard will probably want this and maybe have an interview with an admissions officer so my kids were humanities leaning and so the the social sciences were way better than to do just a general science or a, a physical science mm. And that and then, psychology is fascinating stuff. I'm yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So psychology that'll be useful your sure. whole life, indeed. Yeah, and those are two other e-texts that you can find in the bookstore at sevensistershomeschool.com. Introduction to Psychology from a Christian Perspective and Human Development from a Christian Worldview. Or did I say those backwards? Worldview and perspective. <laughs> anyway, um, there's yes, there curricula that's that honor Christian Jesus. Nature. There we go. There you honor go. Jesus. So, yeah. okay. so how many sciences need lab hours added on to? Good oh. question. Thank yeah. You. I try. Yeah. So when we, years ago, when we started homeschooling, you know, we were interviewing all kinds of admissions officers. What we would find over and over is that colleges wanted to see a lot of lab mm -hmm. and that, that 30 hours for each science for three of the sciences was and what those they were are not hours for. that replace the classroom and homework type hours, right? If you were logging hours, for, so that's 30 additional hours. Yeah, so you're, you got your, if you, if you were just doing Carnegie unit and doing like 120 to 180, whatever your state requires, it would be 30 added on to that. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. so take some planning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And great, even if you're doing science on your own, great to do in a group, like oh, make yeah. a co-op or whatever to do those labs. And we, yeah. we've done that in, yeah. in co-ops at times where the kids did the texts all on their mm -hmm. own, mm -hmm. but we had a blast. Us moms would set oh, up stations, yeah. yep. and uh, that's when I almost burned down one of our family's ah. houses. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't think magnetic marbles would wow. catch on fire, but I managed to do it. And, it. and it's just way more fun to explode a, a volcano in front of a whole group of people. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, <laughs> just your little family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
they have that option. All right, so math and science with labs. Language arts, big ginormous credit, gotta have four language arts credits, right? One for each year and it covers reading, it covers writing, it covers vocabulary, grammar, spelling, public speaking. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah, and, and for folks who want some really nitty-gritty details on that, we don't have time to get all of that into one podcast, but there are podcasts previously on what to include, mm -hmm. and also at sevensistershomeschool.com, there are blog posts on what to include in language arts, So, but they do need four. Mm -hmm. And do they need to go in any particular order? Because, for example, Seven Sisters has an American lit, and a British lit, and a world lit, and um, great a great Christian writer. writers bundle. So, and each of those are a year's worth of, of resources for literature learning. And we frequently have people asking, which one for which year? And the answer uh -huh. is? There's not one right way to do literature. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You, you did it. Yeah. yeah. I had to. Exactly. I had to. Exactly. Yeah. Language arts, literature is not something that has to go in a particular order. Yeah. And composition is not. You need to continue writing and you need to keep getting better at it. Indeed. And you need to keep editing more and more and more and raising the bar. Um, but it doesn't matter. You can do American Lit in your junior year. You can do it in your freshman year. Yeah. Matter. The cool thing about that is having multiple kids, I was able to take mm -hmm. literature would be our group thing we did mm -hmm. as a family or as co-op. And so all of my high schoolers would do Great Christian Writers one year, which was one of their favorite courses, and Brit Lit one year, and American Lit one year, and World Lit one year. And so they, because my kids like topics, and, um, and the colleges they were looking for like topics, so... We, uh, we were able to do that as a group because they don't build on one another. And that is really neat because then th those are shared memories that those kids, like yeah. my, my kids years later, and my younger three are not as um, literature oriented and, uh, you know, big, big thematic kind of discussions. But they will still, I'll find the three of them will occasionally cycle around to a book that they yeah, did they together um, and talking mm -hmm. about something that they really that really struck them out of that, which yeah. is really fun to me. Cool. Now, writing, on the other hand, does build over uh -huh. time. Mm -hmm. You would hope, you know, that a kid at ninth grade does not have the skills that a 12th grader would have. But by 12th grade, you would expect more. So hope, hopefully. But it's not a matter of, so in ninth grade, you learn to write essays. And then in 10th grade, you learn to write creative writing. And then in 11th grade, now you should be doing various All kinds of, of writing every year. You should be right. doing research writing from the beginning of high school. Mm. Actually, you should probably begin research writing mm -hmm. in middle school because it's not the same thing as writing a report, which is what they've done in elementary school. And we find a lot of ninth graders um, think that that. It's, it's just sort of a more grown-up version of that, and it's really not, so mm. yeah. But um, that should, that should have that, you should have that variety of types of writing in all four years of high school. Yeah, mm. so to, to make sure they're covering some essays and some creative stuff so they know how to use words well, and research writing every year is very wise. Mm -hmm. Good, so math, science, language arts, foreign language. Mm. How much? What kind? So, so foreign language teachers. Yeah. We, we got several of them several here. Several here. <laughs> yeah, right. We've covered French, Spanish, Russian, Latin, among us. Cherokee. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. 
I still so, want to take that from you one day. Yeah. 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 So the the what I have best is please pass the turkey. All right. Can't say it with good accent, but it's gonna waduli. Gonna waduli. There yeah. you go. I got it. Got it. Got it. Basic anyway. There you go. Awesome. But yeah. we we didn't get three years of Cherokee, Cherokee so it couldn't yeah. count as the only language. It was just an elective. Yeah. So. So you need three years in one language. That's a good, yeah. So some states only require two years, and but some colleges are looking for three. So the only way to know for sure if you've got a college-bound kid is to talk to the college and say, what are you looking for? I'm hearing a theme here. I think you've yeah. mentioned that a few times, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you've got a kid that's really language-oriented, um, they still want to do those three, but then a lot of our kids in our area will do then add on another one or two beyond that, just for right. fun. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I think scrozzles some people is, is the idea of three years sounds like a lot in one language, but really it's third year in a foreign language that you begin to actually be able to translate much of anything. Yes. And <laughs> that you actually be able to converse at all. Oh, yeah. First and second year are so foundational, and you can't do much with that language until you've got that third year under Third your year is really the fun year. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. So instead of being intimidated by that thought of, oh man, you know, it, mm -hmm. it really kind of makes sense to do that third year in the same language, because that's when all the pieces start to come together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so then um, the last big area category is social studies history. What happens there for each of the four years as we're planning? Yeah, so those don't build on each other. You know, you mm. can go in any order you want. So that's another one that you can do with the whole group together, and it's a lot of fun because you oh, can yes. do the big time. Well, and, and history and social study lends itself to projects so much. Oh, and when yes. you have a group learning environment, and then you can do project days. Ah, what and fun! Field trips. Oh, I love history you know, field trips. One of the joys of homeschooling is not having to stick to the textbook. Mm. And if we can't stand a textbook, to not have to do a textbook. Yeah, baby. Mm. And uh, that's just like, that's been our, our fun, fun, fun. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But they do need, according to each state, you know, has similar requirements. So almost all states, you have to do American and you have to do world history. And most of them require half a credit of civics, American government, mm -hmm. and uh, half a credit of economics, which is savvy. Mm -hmm. And by the way, economics is not the same thing as consumer math and financial literacy. Would you clarify? Um, economics is not the same thing as consumer math and financial literacy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Because economics has to do with... <laughs> so sorry. I really should not have said that. That was so rude. <laughs> I, I thought it was rather funny, actually. <laughs> I got my little spunky thing going on this morning. <laughs> but yes. this, this, economics, yes, has a... Cons consumer math has to do with your personal financial planning. You know, can you budget? Can you do insurance? Can you use your critical thinking skills? You are a consumer. Do you know what mm -hmm. math you need in order to be a consumer? Yeah, mm -hmm. so how you live in the world. But what economics talks about is how the world lives in the world. So mm -hmm. what is our capitalist system and what do other economic systems look like and how does that affect us? Mm -hmm. Right. right. Yeah. The role of government and business and yeah, and how various types of systems interact with one another. Yeah. And especially in the world that our kids and their kids are going to be dealing with where we are so interconnected. It's very important to have some understanding of how money drives things 
mm-hmm. worldwide. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. not just. And so it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it's the most interesting course in the world, no. but it's really good life preparation. It is. And, and if you're going to touch college at all, I think just about, I don't know it all anymore, but it's a pretty universal course that you're going to see in college. So it's really nice to have a little exposure. Just go ahead and get the brain used to those That's right. the start, terminology. Yeah, yeah. So I was just going to say, start learning the vocabulary because yeah. it is a little bit like a foreign language. Like uh, Yeah, it really is. Like accounting. Mm-hmm. If you take accounting, it's got its own vocabulary, which mm-hmm. is the same words that we know, but used differently. Yeah, like what, what did that person just say? Yes, <laughs> that's right. All right, how about geography? Does that need to be standalone? Can that be woven into other things? Ooh. Ah, good question. Question. So mm-hmm. a lot of states require half a credit of geography, even at high school level. And some families love to integrate that in, and it's smart. I mean, kids need to understand. With what the history. The, yeah, like, yeah. So, yes, you can do that. But if you don't log hours... And we've got podcasts in sevensistersomeschool.com on how to log hours. If you don't log hours, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to pull out, okay, well, today in class we did an hour on geography. Put that down on your geography log sheet until you got your required number of hours you know, for what your state needs. So for our area, it's about 68 hours. And geography just... If you're not doing high school yet or whatever, just geography doesn't mean what it did when we were in school. Geography is no longer just maps and capitals and Mm -hmm. things like that. Geography is way more, just like Sabrina was saying, the interconnectedness mm -hmm. of our world. Um, Geography really should be including more the peoples and can even overlap with their economics and stuff like that, like this really cool co-op buddy of mine did in a course that, that we did together. That, that was, was very interesting, yeah. Yeah, we, we like tried another... to weave it all together, and then we and then we added another requirement in there, which is technology <clears throat> hours, because mm. we had the kids, as they did their different projects for geography and economics, they then had to create um, stuff with presentation software and then teach their classmates mm. the specific thing they focused on. So mm-hmm. what, what do we need to require per year for a technology credit. That's you know, our our kids are just digital natives. So it's it I used to think it was a really dumb um, credit except for as a counselor I work a lot with college freshmen who are absolutely overwhelmed with college and part is the presentations that they have to make in class. Like they don't know one how to do public speaking. Oh. And two, they don't know how to do a PowerPoint. Mm. So to do PowerPoint and Prezi, Prezi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those basic things, you know, how to do a spreadsheet. Yeah. Mm. You know, they yeah. they need to graduate knowing those things. So yeah, slap that into a technology credit. So it's one that you can sculpt to what your kid needs. So some kids are born needing to code mm. and so you lean into coding courses and some just need to be able to go to college and, and some are musical or video oriented mm. and they're learning sound editing and they're learning um film editing um, and yeah lock those stuff. hours oh Indeed. yeah yeah okay so really typically you're required to have a credit over the four years mm-hmm. so you're talking about logging hours and you're talking about tracking it and if you have a kid who is heading into something that is more tech necessary you're going to earn a lot more than one credit oh yeah mm. um but yeah Okay. And those can even be then described as career exploration hours. If or electives, yeah. depending mm-hmm. on how far you go with that. Where you're going with it, yeah. Okay. 
Um, they need phys ed. Well, we all need phys ed. Yay. Some of us <laughs> well, could use a little uh, more phys ed as my poor dog is, is sitting home saying, Mom, you didn't walk me this morning before you went to Auntie Sabrina's house. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what Stewie is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Stewie has his own Instagram if anybody wants to check out Stewie. Um, yeah. So anyway. Stewie's wonderful. But Stewie has an Instagram. Stewie has an Instagram, yeah. What, you have way is, too much time in your I hands. am not the administrator of Stewie's Instagram. What, oh, what else to say? I believe it's going to be my who son. Who is Stewie on Instagram? What's his? How can people find him? Oh, I'll, I'll have to look while we're sitting here. I think okay. he's... Uh, right. Kim is now up. logging technology hours. Yes, I am. Because she is looking up Instagram on her phone. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. So what was but the you question? Know what? Phys ed. Phys ed. Phys ed is yes, where we're going. And, where we're and going. actually, phys ed is one of those things like... Um, like tech hours or things like that or or consumer math um it's one of those things that we really should be doing a lot of it anyway and the more that we can just make a part a natural part of our life when we're younger we won't be sitting around when we're older saying oh i really should be more active oh i you know i should lose weight i should do whatever it's if you create that as part of your lifestyle it's a really good thing and what a cool thing that it actually Counts, as counts for something, yeah. So, so yeah, some states require one credit, and our local area we have to have two credits. So that's a half credit a year, and you know that's for us. It's like sixty-eight hours, and you know what? That's really good for the kids. It is. Mm-hmm. So it when is. they they move their body, they burn off stress hormones, and so you know some kids are born athletes, and mm-hmm. they're going to have more than two credits because they're going to log their athletic mm-hmm. hours. But some kids read or game or, and then they're carrying around stress all the time Mm. and they're anxious and they're, they're not as sharp mentally as they could be because they're carrying around stress hormones and they haven't gotten oxygen to their brain. And when they move their bodies, the the fog clears out Mm -hmm. and burns off stress hormones and also gives them some dopamine Mm -hmm. and dopamine's uh, improve your mood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like neurotransmitters. So there's a lot of wins for required phys ed. Required phys ed. Absolutely. And if you were just waiting to find out, it's Stewie Smythe, S-T-E-W-I-E-S-M-Y-T-H-E. And it's Stuart Douglas Smythe, German Shepherd, Basset Hound Mix, Sleeping is My Life. There you go. <laughs> we'll be sure to put that in the show notes for you. Stewie is a noble beast. There is no doubt about it. Stewie is my bud. And yeah. So if, if you're on Instagram and every, every picture of Stewie. Sleeping. Oh, there's one of him. Wait, his eyes sitting, are open. He's How sitting on the be? picnic table supervising the neighbor. <laughs> Inspiration for the day. There you go. (laughs) We are so prone to squirrels. (laughs) We are. Absolutely. So fine arts. We need fine arts in high school. And again, one credit's required for the four years. But as Vicky said when we were working on the notes for this episode, that's just stupid. You should have more than that. (laughs) Fine arts are so important and can be so many different things. But, you know, I mean, we need more than one credit's worth of creativity over four years, don't Mm. you think? Oh, my goodness. So. That's our, our learned opinion on uh-huh. that. And, and some families just don't have arts. Artsy kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be able to appreciate mm-hmm. 
So to to have, you know, the non-artsy ones. In fact, in our Seven Sisters store, there's a freebie download mm-hmm. on how to do an easy fine arts mm-hmm. credit for the non-artsy ones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, when you go to the church Christmas dramas mm-hmm. or cantatas. or you, Yeah. Yeah. If you uh, if you go to a concert of something that's not your usual thing, so mm-hmm. you know a local you know world concert, you know somebody comes in from out of town, from Israel or Spain or something, mm-hmm. um, you know that that's that's fine arts. Mm-hmm. And you, you never know where life is going to take your teens, and your teens most certainly don't know where life is going to take them. So for those who are not at all artsy and who kind of roll their eyes at, at the thought of anything, this whole idea of being able to appreciate fine arts, whether you mm-hmm. love the performance mm-hmm. that you're at or not, mm-hmm. to be able to appreciate mm-hmm. what has gone into it. Um, my husband is a great example of this. Fred, not a fine artsy kind of guy at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely an athlete kind of guy. Um, you know, multi-sports, and that was mm-hmm. his place, and then went into sciences, and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. not in that creative space. And then he married me. And <laughs> me with my musical theater geekness and my children with all of their musical geekiness. And suddenly, you know, suddenly he was married to someone who was giving voice lessons in the living room once a week, and um, whose kids were, were doing all of these things. And he... This was this was family, you know, and and so this was him suddenly exposed to right suddenly exposed to a whole lot of of arts performances that he never would have gone to on his own. But he was invested in the people who were doing them, and he saw the level of preparation that went into mm. these things, and he gained such a respect for it. Now, is he a musical theater geek? Absolutely not. And when he gets in the car, if I've left the Broadway station on. He turns it off. <laughs> so it's not that it became his great passion, mm-hmm. but he had to find a way to really appreciate that because there were people in his life for whom it was important. So even if your teen never comes to be an artsy person, they're going to have relationships with people who are, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to appreciate. Well, and I'll get off my soapbox now. Sorry. Yeah, but, but it's good for their brains. Like there's a whole part of our brain that's a creative center that God made mm-hmm. in there, and God is a creative God. He created everything, us, everything. You know? <laughs> and he made us in his image. So for kids to know the power of creating because we are in God's image, so they may not be big artsy, but they may learn how to work with wood. Mm. Or they might learn how to knit and crochet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so so it doesn't have to be like highfalutin arts, but they can be exposed to creating things. And that is really, really good for their brains and, so. and good for being God's children. And, and what a beautiful outlet, too, to be able to express yourself and... Um, those kinds of projects, you know, like when you're working with your hands or when you're working with your voice or whatever can be another beautiful way to um to make dopamine happen yeah i was thinking to boost your brain and endorphins and all kinds of good things absolutely i mean look at all the adult coloring books that you see on the market right now right we have uh, on on my coaching (laughs) website vickitillmancoaching.com you can download freebie coloring pages i gotta do that i always forget i sit here and think i'm gonna do that when i get home and then i don't do it my my our little homeschool buddy that we met at the two to one conference she's a homeschool high school Mm -hmm. Her name's Clara Blevins, and she did the pages for me, and they are fun and Mm -hmm. good for you. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. We've done that. Yeah. Lots of fine arts. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up what what you need for each year. And again, these are ones that you don't do each of the four years. But career exploration. Mm. Um, we strongly recommend that you do some very dedicated career exploration, mm-hmm. and that you also then should be weaving it into every year. Because, how did Vicky put it earlier? Uh, why would you want your kid to leave high school never having thought about? their career options or down the road like that just doesn't make sense right (laughs) whether they're college bound or not college bound you kind of want to think about and explore where you're going next and for some of our kids they know like they are just they come out of the womb like coding you know programs or or doing musical theater or you know writing or whatever and some of our kids have no clue and if they're a no clue kid just continuing to expose them to all different things instead of like diving into one is another great important thing. Yeah. yeah. So our, our kids in general, we have had them do th- at least three years of some kind of career, like a whole big look at career exploration and then do some apprenticeships and things like that, you know, over their high school years. And you can find lots about career exploration on the podcast and on the blog at yep. com because... That's that's so very important, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of support out there um, helping homeschool families find those resources. So we are big believers in that. And then driver's ed, and that happens oh, yeah. differently from state yeah. to state. In most cases, you have to send them someplace that the state put their stamp of approval on, and then they drive. Yeah, and there's some states they can do it on their own. You just follow the rules and get it out of the way. Yes, get her done. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, we started with... Our long-term goals, what kind of person are you hoping is going to stand in front of you wearing a cap and gown by the end of all of this? And you plan toward that long-term goal. And then for each year, you are setting a short-term goal for freshman year, for sophomore year, for junior, and for senior year. And we've given you the specifics of what the transcript is longing for for each of those. And once you've got your year in front of you, then you have to decide how you're going to accomplish the goals that you have set for freshman year. And that's curriculum choices, Mm -hmm. that's learning environment choices, what will be independent study, what will be one-on-one with mom, what will be in a co-op setting or a class that they're enrolled in or an online learning environment. And there's not one right Right way to do that, (laughs) right? Indeed. And uh, so with that, we're, we're wrapping it up with our reminder to you that each family is unique and each kid within each family is unique which brings us back to where we started which is prayer Mm. god knows way better than we do what our homeschool needs to look like for each year for each kid and he will be most delighted to give us wisdom when we ask for it so ask Mm -hmm. all right so this is the first episode what kind of sort of we we did we knew new year's unresolutions which was yeah. sort of in the vein and of planning but some time auditing we're sort of doing a so, suite of sweet yeah. a suite of wow. planning i think that's sweet so sweet yes a planning suite of podcast episodes we learned a new word we're all excited yes. about it it's <laughs> called a suite we thought it was called a series because we're old and we didn't know any better but it's a suite <laughs> of planning episodes sweet. So um, next time, we're going to be talking about vision casting, which is one of my favorite parts of planning. And even if you're not a visionary person, just like Yogi Berra said, 
if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. So there's some how-tos for even non-visionary people on how to have that cap and gown moment be hopefully what really you satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just like today was nuts and bolts that might be might have been a how-to if you're a more visionary person, even for the visionary stuff, which is really big picture. You yeah. can actually sort of teach. Have some nuts and bolts. Awesome. Give you a few nuts and a few bolts. And well, few we're bolts. the three nuts. So <laughs> you're gonna have to find your own We just need to bolts. find some bolts. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, we're just going to wrap it up and we're going to encourage you to look at the many, many resources at sevensistershomeschool.com in blog posts and in the ebook store. And um, you'll find even lots of freebies in the ebook store where you can get some guidance and encouragement for planning those long term goals and those year by year short term goals for homeschool high school. So we look forward to being with you again on the Homeschool High School podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com. And please check out the fabulous group of podcasters that can be found at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Network. See you next time.